Hello there, friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Death PDX podcast, season two. Um, today's an honor to have a young gentleman that goes by the name of Sean Toach. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be on here and uh, about our soccer Absolutely. journeys. Absolutely. So, Sean, give us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself and give us a little small summary about you. Um, so, I'm a 28-year-old uh, soccer player. I uh, typically a center back. Also played, uh, you know, throughout my career, I've you know played, you know, in the center mid, outside mid, outside back. Kind of been a versatile guy um, for um, the teams I've played on. I currently play for Louisville City in the USL, um, a part of their their uh, back to back USL championship teams, and uh, previously played for. Um, the Rochester Rhinos, where I also won a USL title. And uh, I also have some experience playing uh, professional indoor soccer with the Milwaukee Wave in the MASL. Right on. And, uh, and uh, grew up in the Chicago suburbs. So I think that's a pretty good uh, summary Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so, Sean, um, now let's go into your journey. Uh, who inspired you to touch first soccer ball? And at what age you started playing? Uh, I would say it's probably, you know, four or five, obviously at that point, you know, it's, you're kind of, uh, living through the stories that your you know parents yeah. told you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was early on my, uh, my dad got me involved. He was, uh, but I mean, both my parents are really big into sports. Um, but early on they, they definitely did not want me, uh, getting involved in, you know, American football. So. It was getting me touches on a soccer ball from yeah. a young age. And uh, I, uh, you know, grew up playing. I have, uh, I have two younger brothers who also yeah. play. Um, they, uh, they don't play professionally, and they're, they're both done now. Um, but we're all close in age, so I grew up just having, uh, you know, brothers playing in the backyard. And, uh, you know, that was our entertainment every day, going to the backyard and kicking a ball around That's together. amazing. Um, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. So, Sean, um, I don't know if you want to take us to the beginning to where it all started and kind of take us to the obstacles you kind of face as an athlete and uh, struggles and um, to where you currently are now. You know, if you could take us back in time to where it started, back in the rec leagues or club and kind of go from there. Okay. Well, I uh, grew up in – I was born in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, not really any soccer yeah. there. But I, uh, from young age, we moved to uh, the suburbs of Chicago, Naperville, Aurora area. For those that are familiar, um, and uh, I mean, that's that's where it started for me. I, I grew up playing uh, playing for you know, uh, you know the the rec the rec leagues there with uh, with my brothers and my dad was the coach and uh, and then my dad took interest in the, the club teams that I played for and he was coaching me. Um, and then uh, as I grew older, uh, the team I played for was uh, absorbed by Chicago Fire and their yeah. academy system. Um, so it was kind of before the actual DAs were established. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, that was, that was the first thing is, you know, you go from uh, smaller teams then absorbed by a bigger organization like the Fire. Um, and I was, I was, you know, when we, grew, when we joined them, I was very much uh, one of those fringe players who wasn't uh, given too much opportunity of the higher academy teams there. So I was, you know, on like 
just the regular club teams that they had, you know, that just play state cup and uh, local tournaments and, you know, some yeah. regional tournaments, uh, but nothing really national. And, uh, and I uh, grew up playing ODP as well. And uh, so I, I, a lot of the, um, a lot of the camps that uh, we would go to were at uh, state and uh, regional camps or at Northern Illinois and that's actually where I ended up going to school. Funny mm-hmm. enough, that I would go there for ODP yeah. camps growing up. Um, and uh, high, when high school came, I, uh, I my first two years of high school, I actually went to uh, a boarding school called Shattuck St. Mary's up in uh, uh, Faribault, Minnesota, just yeah. south of Minneapolis. So uh, you know that was a really unique experience because at the age of what 14 or 15 when you're a freshman i was living away from home yeah. six hours away staying in dorms playing soccer um and going to school so it was like i was in an academy almost um it was a really cool experience for me because uh the soccer was amazing um you know unfortunately because of scholarship issues i had, yeah. I had to leave um so my junior year i went back and and played club soccer and played for my my local high school team uh with my my brothers actually one one of my most fondest memories growing up was that my senior year of high school uh i was a senior my younger brother my middle brother was a junior my youngest brother was a freshman we all played on the team together so i mean you can imagine yeah you can imagine how cool it was for all three of us especially for my family you know they would come to the games and you know they're not going to three games they're going to one game to watch all you know three of their boys play together which uh which, which was cool, except uh, my youngest brother was the goalie uh, as a freshman. So he was a little yeah. undersized. So uh, I definitely got upset with him at times, uh, you know, when you're undersized as a freshman trying to play uh, at a, you know, seniors in high school. It's just like, uh, you know, not quite big enough to, to be a goalie in a full-size yeah. goal there. So you can imagine some of the frustrations, but it was – but it was all, it was just like such a great experience playing with my brothers. Um, and then, uh, you know, after I, high school, uh, I, uh, I went around to a couple different, uh, uh, recruiting camps to, yeah. to colleges. And, uh, I really didn't get a ton of offers. Um, you know, because I didn't really play in any of the academy, like the DA with the fire, I didn't necessarily get the same exposure as, uh, you know, some of those players. So I, uh, I had a couple offers, um, some local schools like DePaul, Northern Illinois, and I wanted to get one option outside. And I had offers from Missouri State and, and uh, uh, some other schools out in the East Coast. Um, but I decided that I wanted to go to school yeah. close to home. And uh, a place that I knew I could, I would get a lot of experience and be close, close to home. So I went to Northern Illinois. Uh, so I, I played at Northern Illinois for four years. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, that's kind of when my, you know, the real professional journey yeah. started. So how, how was that, you know, like uh, transitioning from college to the pro industry? You know, did you go to like uh, a, a tryout? Uh, did you get scouted or... How, how how was it for you when you first, uh, after college, you know, going into your first year in your uh, pro playing career? Well, 
I like through college, I, I was actually playing with the fires PDL team. Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, um, you know, capable of being brought up through a homegrown contract and they brought some guys up who were on my team, you know, to eventual homegrown contracts. But, uh, you know, I thought that was going to, I was going to, that was going to potentially be my route where I was going to get, uh, you know, go up through there. Um, but you know, I realized at the end that it wasn't going to happen for me. Um, so I ended up joining up with a, uh, a group, um, out of, uh, Chicago suburbs, um, called bridges to the yeah. pros. So it's basically just a group that trains together. Um, it's mostly guys who are either most guys who are kind of like right out of college or looking for their first professional contract. Um, and then some guys who are, you know, don't have a team anymore and struggling yeah. to find one. Um, and they get together and train. And then they do, they'll play against friendlies against, you know, some USL or MLS teams um, to try to get players yeah. signed. Um, so it's kind of like a scout scouting team, you know, where we're just like all an amateur team where we're just trying to get each other signed Absolutely. to teams. Um, and... Uh, we were preparing to go to a trip through Scandinavia. Um, so we went through uh, Sweden, uh, Denmark, yeah. and Finland. Um, and this would have been like summer of 2014. Uh, so I went, we went through those countries with, as a group, you know, we we're playing teams and then, you know, you play one team and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well, this team wants so-and-so to stay and to trial with them. Um, so the t- our team was kind of like uh, very fluid because guys would come and go trialing with teams and it would work out or it wouldn't work out. Um, so I ended up uh, trialing with a team in Finland, uh, which was in the second division yeah. in Finland. And they had a, a player who I know there who was uh, um, another uh, USL player to now um, – and it was a friend from Chicago who was part of the same organization uh, and it ended up not working out for me. So, I mean, at that point I was pretty, uh, you know, that was, that was my trial that I, I thought was going to work out and it didn't. Um, so then it was the end of the trip and we were heading back to, uh, back to Chicago to keep training for the next opportunity. So, I mean, at, at that point it was pretty tough because, you know, I've put in a ton of work leading up to this. Right. Um, and, you know, that was my first experience of actually trialing with a team where, you know, you're no longer with your team, you're with their team, you're trying to earn a contract, um, which is such a unique experience that, you know, people don't realize what it is until you've actually been through the process. Um, and then uh, I just came back to Chicago and I uh, started playing. I was training with the same team. And then just playing in kind of like Sunday league men's league teams in the Chicago area. And uh, through a connection that I had there, I ended up going and uh, trialing with a team in the first division of Slovakia, yeah. uh, which was you know an insane <laughs> experience because it was my first time being in a country. I mean, I traveled the whole, the whole way by myself and the whole time there's very few people speaking English. Uh, so I flew into like Austria trained into Slovakia and then took like two different buses to get to the team that I was trialing with. Um, and I, I was there for, uh, for a little over a week trialing. And, 
I mean, the only thing that, you know, really could communicate was chow. Yeah. Like everything was just chow, <laughs> chow, you know, hello, g- yeah. goodbye. Uh, so that was, I mean, it was definitely a unique experience going to a place where, you know, trialing, trialing alone is hard it enough. Is. But when you throw in that you don't have, when you don't speak the same language, it harder. it's, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine like, you know, the, 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 I mean, you have to be so much, so good that they can overcome that, (laughs) that, uh, you know, they don't, they're not just going to take a player to fit in the roster because if you don't speak the same language, like if you don't speak the same language, you have to be one of the top two or three players in the team. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to deal with, you know, you not understanding what they're trying to do or the coach trying to get points across to you. And, uh, that's true. You know, not even be able to communicate with you. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty crazy what the, uh, the process is like to trial at a team, you know, you're going yeah. in there to, to take it, to take a job, you know, you're not, you know, you can't be going there with the mindset of something given to you or that, uh, you know, it's just going to work out, you know, it, it it's like, you got to go there and you got to make a point. Absolutely. And it's like, that's, that's a hard thing to, a hard thing to balance too, because, you know, like when I was trialing in Slovakia, I remember I'm like, all right, I'm in this tough country. They don't really understand me. I don't really understand them. You know, my idea is that it's like, all right, we're hard nosed tacklers. Like this is what we got to, you know, that's what I have to do to prove that I, I'm, I can last here. Absolutely. So I like right in front of our bench, <laughs> I went and crushed a guy and instant yellow card. Uh, you know, it wasn't a red yeah. card, but like I, I was flying in like studs up, like it was a pretty rough challenge and kind of late. And I was like, all right, you know, now they know I'm tough and I can like, you know, I can last in this. And yeah. then, you know, at halftime, they're like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're like, you know, basically communicating to me that like I was being an idiot out there making these reckless challenges. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's a hard thing to balance where you're like trying to go out there and prove yourself, but also be composed and, you know, show your talent. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, so after I got back from that, I just kind of continued to uh, continue to play in some some men's leagues and train with this team. And uh, I, uh, you know, had some had some USL teams come come and look at me when I was doing some like you know practice scrimmages. Yeah. And funny enough, like one of the teams that uh, St. Louis. Oh, okay. And the coach there said. I wasn't big. I wasn't big enough to be a to be in the back line as a center back, oh, okay. and I wasn't wow. technical enough to be in the midfield for his team. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of like brutal. To he didn't say it directly yeah. to me. He said it to my coach, and the coach related that to me. It is, um, you know, and obviously that's brutal. Like hearing that, and you know, that's a Absolutely. major blow to your self esteem as a player. Um, but I just uh, kept working, and uh, actually, I think like. A week or two weeks yeah. later, I had a trial, or it was a tryout, an open trial for the Rochester Rhinos, um, and uh, I went out there and played center back, and I killed the tryout. Like I was Absolutely. just, you know, put in the work. I, I played, I played great, and uh, um, later the day after the tryout, I get a phone call and I signed a contract there. Um, 
You know, and that was the that was Absolutely. a big moment when you first How signed you that first contract. That's like, you know, such such a, it is. Yeah, that's such an unbelievable experience. You know, and when you when you sign that first contract, you're like, all right, this is literally going so from this like dream to to a reality. Like, all right, now I'm actually going to be now I'm having Absolutely. I'm getting paid to play soccer. Like that realization is it is. is it's mind blowing. Um, no, player. so um, once you sign that contract, you know, playing with the Rochester Rhinos, how, how was your first experience as a professional? Uh, you know, it was it was great. You know, I uh, it was luckily I was came from very humbling um, humbling team where I was training and uh, didn't expect much. And when I was traveling through traveling through scandinavia and slovakia i was uh you know not in the best uh it wasn't like i was staying in you know hotels and you know put up nicely and everything's taken care of you know it was a grind so like that was a really good really good uh precursor to my actual career where you know it's it's a grind you know and especially the first contract you get for most people it's it's nothing special you know it's special that you got signed but once you're there it's like all right well i'm not making that much money you know i have to i have to do more to get where i want to be and prove myself and prove my worth um so you know it was was really good because those those roots and and values put into me was really uh um help launch a you know successful start to my career because you know, I, I didn't necessarily start um, all the time my first year, but I was just kind of plugged into some different spots and ended up, you know, I started yeah. about half the games of the season, which is pretty good as a rookie. Um, and uh, it was just, you know, I was lucky to have good teammates. So I was just like, you know, looking out for each other. Everything was in the best interest of the team. Uh, there was no, there was no, you know, that, uh, absolutely me over the team kind of mentality um which can tear some teams apart um so it was it was really good um you know just mindset from the team that really helped reinforce that in myself um and we ended up my first year we ended up uh winning the usl uh we i think we we conceded i think it was yeah 15 goals in a 30 game season and uh, we lost one game the entire year, and I mean it was uh, a pretty absolutely uh, story. I'm pretty sure you played with my buddy uh, Adam Grimm's goalkeeper. <laughs> I love Adam. Good yeah, kid. Adam. Yeah, Grinny. Yeah, yeah, Grinny's my boy. He uh, <laughs> he actually uh, we have some stories together where he was. Uh, so we were yeah. we were really close because we both his years were my two years. And, uh, he actually, there was one, he, he dealt with hand, a lot of hand in- issues, yeah. injuries in his first uh, couple years of his career. And, uh, we ended up, uh, I hurt my knee and he hurt his hand and the team was gone <laughs> for like a two game road trip. Yeah. And we, uh, he wanted to go visit his girlfriend back at, at, or he wanted to go back for a football game at yeah, Michigan. Michigan. Yep. And, uh, so I was like, you know what? I can't do anything either. So I, I drove his car uh, or I drove my car 
and we'd road trip to Michigan <laughs> to go to a football game while the team was on like a two game road trip. Yeah. And I got, I got to go experience like being out at a Michigan football game and tailgating. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Adam, Adam's uh He's a top line. He is. One of, my, one of my favorite players I've ever played Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Good goalkeeper as well. Um, so, yeah. you know, playing your two season at Rochester, how did uh, – how was the transfer to Louisville, you know, that you're currently at? Uh, well, so, I actually, in between my – so, after my first year of Rochester, I ended up playing – indoor soccer in the off season. Yeah. So, I mean, people used to do it a lot, a lot more in the past because yeah. uh, the outdoor, the USL season was a lot shorter than it currently is. And the indoor season was shorter than it currently is. It is. So I actually, I, I went like, I had a week off. I think a week after the championship, I was in Milwaukee playing indoor soccer. Yeah. And then a week after the season ended in Milwaukee, I was in back in Rochester for my second season and then after the season was over in Rochester, I went back to Milwaukee again because at that exactly. point, it's like as a uh, rookie contract in the USL is a lot of times pretty rough. Really so is. I was just do- I was doing it to to make money because one, I, I grew up being being someone from the Chicago suburbs. Like you, you play indoor soccer like is a way of life here because uh, obviously the weather's weather's pretty rough, but like just such the ethnic diversity that uh, is in, in the Chicago area. It's just like indoor, indoor is huge. So like, that's, that was one of the kind of where I grew up, you know, my first love of the game was really developed was playing indoor. So it was a good experience playing there. And, uh, and then after my second year in Rochester, they, uh, you know, they told me the coach was like, she said that, he didn't feel like he was getting the best out of me and I wasn't getting the most out of him as a coach. Yeah. Um, basically just saying like, you know, he, he didn't, he, he didn't want to have me on a team anymore. He said, you're going to, you're going to pass, you're going to find another team and you're going to, you know, you're a good player and you, you'll be successful, but uh, you know, it just won't be together. And you know, that was tough. Yeah. I didn't necessarily want to go back because it was pretty rough. You know, he was pretty, uh, pretty demanding coach um, and not necessarily in the physical aspect, but in like the mental and emotional side. And yeah. I just had enough. And uh, I was like, I mean, we all know that there's some coaches that it's like, you know, they can, they can be successful, but you can only be with them for so long Absolutely. You know, on some, some styles, of, some styles of coaching. And that's at every level. Um, and uh, so I, I, you know, was parting ways and was just kind of waiting to hear from other teams. And, uh, you know, luckily I heard from uh, Louisville reached out to me because uh, they remembered playing me in one of the games um, where we played against them. And yeah. uh, I had a standout performance and uh, they wanted to sign me. So, you know, I was – I was glad that they, you know, I, they signed me straight up and it wasn't, I didn't have to trial or anything. So I was lucky to, to be signed right away. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, left my indoor season early to go to Louisville and prep for the season. And, uh, <clears throat> I was lucky to, to, you know, be a part of like a really special, uh, stretch of years with Louisville. Um, cause that first year in 2017, when I joined was, um, uh, the season when, uh, 
we won the Eastern Conference and then went on to win uh, uh, went on to win the USL championship in Louisville. That's amazing. Uh, so tell us a little about you know the championship back to back. How was that, and how was like <laughs> you know the stress level you know back to back championships on on top of your shoulder? I mean it it it's it was a believable experience. You know the first year in 2017 we really we truly ex- expected it we yeah. thought well, we were the best team in the league we were dominant and you know as long as we kept up the work like no one could keep up with us correct uh and that's kind of how it was you know we just had this unrelenting style of play that you know i don't think we were necessarily the most uh stingy of teams as far as defensively but we you, you know you knew that you know you might get one, but you're gonna have a good luck. Good luck trying to stop us from getting three. Uh, Correct. And that's kind of that's kind of how we, uh, you know. And it was like, all right, you might last with us for 45, 50 minutes, but you know, fifty minutes on, like, you, no one's gonna be able to keep up with our level of, um, our level of fitness, our level of speed of play. Correct. And you know that was kind of our mentality the entire season. Um, and that was drilled into us from our coach from the very first day of preseason. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it wasn't any like surprise and, you know, there's there, uh, you know, that's just, that's just kind of what we expected. And it was like every day, that's what we expected out of each other. Correct. Um, so, and then moving into the second year, you know, it was, it was, that first year was pretty, pretty exhausting yeah. because of the, the style of play that we played and, high pressing so much yeah. and it's like pe- teams couldn't keep up with us, but it's like also that pay that, you know, it's a huge toll on yourself as a, as a professional athlete. Absolutely. Um, but we ended up starting the season really well in 2018. Like we went five and zero in the beginning of the season. Yeah. And we started that open cup run. Uh, but then once, uh, it was about a third of the way, maybe a little more than a third of the way through the season. Uh, our coach, uh, James O'Connor, ended up getting an offer to go to Orlando City, yeah. um, which he previously played for, and he uh, he ended up taking it. So, you know, we were a team. You know, most teams. I mean, basically every team that that gets a new coach, it's because that something's going terribly wrong. Yeah, you know, they lose their coach because he's fired. You know, very rarely is a coach promoted, you know, leaving, yeah, like promoted or leaving a team, you know, mid season because something's, you know, things are going well. Absolutely. So, must have been hard for him. you guys then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll hear a little more in a little bit here, but we, uh, so he ended up leaving and the team was in a really good stretch. Like we, you know, our longest run in the Open Cup to the club's history. We were in a great spot in the league, top, I think, top two. And, uh, and the club didn't want to just rush to put someone in because it kind of came out of nowhere. So we ended up going six weeks and yeah. we played, we played six games, uh, with no coach. And we wow. had, we had three players from the team who were a, a triumvirate of coaches. So it was like, you know, we, all of a sudden, you know, we showed up to practice on, or I showed up to practice on a Friday, 30 minutes later, our coach is gone. And three of my teammates are now the coaching staff. Wow. That's insane. So, How was so, that for and, you guys? 
I mean, it was, it was insane. It was, I mean, wow. I mean, and the, so Orlando took not just our head coach either. They took our entire staff. Wow. So they took, they took our assistant coach and goalie coach. So that was our entire staff at the time. Yeah. And, uh, at least through the three players took over and they did a ton of work. Um, you know, I went from, it went from, you know, them just being players to three players who have to plan training sessions, scout teams, come up with, come up with, uh, scouting reports and, you know, style play and set pieces and all the little details that coaches do on top of, on top of being a player. Um, wow. So that was, I mean, it's pretty crazy because you go from, you know, every player thinks you're like, you know, I wonder what, what it would be like if, if the players were in charge or if, you know, I had my say, Yeah. which, which it was literally that case where we went, you know, six games of, uh, six games of, you know, we were in charge Yeah. And we set the training sessions and, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, total credit to the, the three players, uh, Luke Spencer, Paula the Piccolo, and George Davis that stepped up and put a ton of hours in during yeah. that time. Uh, but it was, it was really a, you know, it was a collective effort as well because, you know, the one thing that made, made our team special was that the collective group and the mindset and the culture that we have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we ended up going uh, – we, we won – we won four games, tied one, and lost one during that stretch. Yeah, and you know it was that's that's pretty crazy to go. Uh, you know those game. You know we went six games without a coach, and you know we won four of them. Uh, and the one game we lost was to the Chicago Fire in the Open Cup. Uh, and then uh, our our coach came in, and John Hackworth, and yeah. you know he, he kind of. He kind of, uh, you know, he didn't come in, come in and make a ton of changes. He kind of came in and tweaked some things, and uh, you know, saw some adjustments that we could make. And you know, he made some good adjustments, and uh, we ended up going on uh, like a ten-game winning streak at the end of the season, and correct, and and playing another USL championship in Louisville and winning, yeah, um, for the second for the second year in a row. And you know, one of the highlights too was playing and against Drog Drogba and, and Drogba's final match and oh, beating yeah. him, beating him in, in Louisville. How hard uh, did you feel? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was crazy. And like I was right next to him, like right after, and I was like, you know, you can't help but smile because you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, well played, well played, you know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. No, but. That, that's amazing you know you kind of without having a coach you, you guys managed to have that family oriented uh team you know to keep pushing through and eventually i remember that that that, that ear but i was like oh man they're good but never knew you guys had players as coaches so that's mind-blowing and that's amazing though that you guys just kept that consistency on uh building up from where your coach left off yeah i mean the, the um, biggest so thing yeah is that's just like that's, the is the is the team you know and that's what it's always been like the team the team the culture we set what we do every day is as for each other and and you know that that's why we're able to do what we were able to do absolutely um so how was your 
third season and at Louisville, you know, from winning back to back. Now, like what you mentioned, you know, pressure was on you guys back to back and all eyes is on you. You know, how, how did that feel? And, and how was the stress level going into your third season? Uh, you know, it's similar. Uh, I mean, some things are similar, some things are different, you know, like one of the things that was, uh, similar is like, there was a target on our back always, you know, yeah. and that's how it was from my whole time there because, you know, even before we won the first championship, the team was always successful in one of the top teams. Correct. So it's like, there was always a target, but, um, so that's tough. Cause it's like every game you get, it's, it's the, you know, it's their biggest game of the season, you know? it's their biggest draw of crowd for the season. Cause it's like, Absolutely. all right, they have the champion, the champions in town. And the hard part is like, I mean, in, in you know, that we, we haven't, we don't have the best record against some of the, some of the, the younger, like two teams where, you know, you go in and we play like Toronto two and there'd be a hundred people at the game. And they're, you know, they're 14th out of 15 yeah. teams in the standings. And it's like, oh, you know, Louisville should go in and crush these guys. And it's like, that's a difficult one. Is, is when is when you're you're expected to go in and crush these teams, but it's like, you know, nothing's done until you put in the work in the game. Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing. You know, your journey. Is there anything else you like you want to add on or? Uh, you know, well, I mean, didn't mention it, but like, you know, even this, even the third year, it's like we went to which was last my third year in Louisville, which was last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we went on to, uh, you know, we went on to host another USL championship in Louisville. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we scored an early goal and, uh, and then I ended up losing it, um, which was tough because, uh, you know, we expected to, to have three peat, you know, and, and I yeah. think to, to this day, we still, you know, every player on our team feels we were the better team. And, you know, we gave up two poor goals on set pieces that really changed the game. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, one of the things that's been tough for a lot of players is like, you know, having the success we've had and then not not going and being picked up by an MLS team or someone higher or somewhere else because it's like, you know, what more do you, what more do teams want than, you know, players who've, you know, been so successful. Correct. Um, so that's been, that's been one mental challenge for a lot of players here where it's like, you know, you, you tell yourself, you're like, all right, it doesn't like, I'm just going to put in the work, you know, and you know, something big will come out of it. Something great will be Correct. Um, and, you know, some team will want me, you know, they, you know, they want winners. They want, they want teams that are successful. They want players that are successful. Absolutely. Um, so it's been tough to see, you know, we've had a couple players move on, but, you know, not nearly as much as you would think for the success that we've had. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, you got to try, you know, stay motivated through all this stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, even though, the, you know, the success has been there as far as hardware, but not as far as, you know, you know, mobility in the, in your, you know, career. Correct. That's true. You know, um, that's, that's what everyone plays for, you know, being successful in the USL and what you mentioned, it's a hundred percent, right. It's like, you know, players sacrifice everything. They give it all with being away from home, everything. And the whole goal is signing that MLS contract, right. And, or yeah. forward. and, um, 
yeah how 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 do how do you guys deal with that mental challenge you know that as a group like how how do you guys feel like after like okay you know man i can't i can't move forward what what, what like you start questioning yourself right yeah i mean it's it's hardly that but i think you know it's just realizing you know there's other other things that other things at play as well absolutely um, politics yeah, there's some of the politics of just the, you know, the system that we, the American system that you play in. Um, yeah. But also, like, you know, we've been here, we've been successful. And now I'm, uh, you know, a 28 year old center back where, you know, each of these, each of these MLS teams now has a two team where they have 20 year old center backs who, you know, they want to sign, you know, their own homegrown guys. And it's like right. if they're signing an older, if they're signing an older player. They don't want to sign someone from a lower team and bring them up. They want to bring in someone from overseas, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, so the, the things are like realizing what's out of, out of my control. And then, you know, as, as we both know, like there are players that do make those MLS contracts, not play us, not play the entire year. And then all of a sudden their career's done and they didn't play the, the entire season. They might've made more money in that one year, but, yeah but they didn't play and then they're, they're out of a team entirely. They didn't no team wants them because they didn't play an entire season. And it's like, and then they have trouble finding a team and then you're moving all around. And it's like, correct for anyone who has, you know, family or girlfriends or wives or children, it's like, well, now all of a sudden you're, you're having to move everything to all these different teams and it's, everything's up in the air where, you know, if, if you have a good thing, it's not necessarily like you have to feel like it's settled, but it doesn't mean you have to feel uh, inadequate with what you have. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And um, you're right. You know, thank you for sharing a little bit of, about your journey and a little bit about yourself, Sean. Now we're going to go into player's advice. You know, I want to go back to North Dakota, you know, uh, we're a town, you know, I'm pretty sure there's players probably listening a town that, you know, okay. Like, there's there's club there's no exposure but there's you know this affiliation you know from what you said you know you did not play for the chicago fires like academy but you did play on their you know b team or select team traveling yeah. team so how can we motivate those players that you know that want to pursue that soccer career but at the end of the day it's just well you know they have no options they feel like they hit a dead end you know really it's just it's the game is all about like opinion, you know, where it comes down to, because it's like, all it takes is one person to have the opinion that you're a good player, you know? And if, uh, you know, if you, if you're playing around long enough and put enough work, like someone's going to, someone's going to notice that. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about, about soccer as well is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a, uh, a six, six, you know, 5% 5% body fat with a 4240 to to you know be a successful soccer player. So, right. you know, you can't really you can't put it on like genetic disabilities like all right, you know, I, I was never going to be a successful basketball player, you know, with my background, yeah. you know, or I have an even lower chance or you know even right. being a successful American football player um or some of these other sports where like you know, you have to realize that it really is less about those genetic things that are out of your control. And it's more about the things that are under your control. And, 
and your mentality throughout the whole process. And it's like, you put, you put in the work and you believe it. Like, you know, eventually someone else is going to believe it as well. I agree. Um, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Now, you know, going into, you know, the showcases and everything like, like that, you know, college recruitment, what advice can we give our, our college players that are trying to get into college or, you know, parents that don't have an idea how to uh, contact college coaches, you know, what, what advice can we give them? Uh, I mean, for me, what I did is I just looked up all the, the colleges that were going to be at the, at the tournaments that I was going to be, and then sent them a little personal message with, you know, a little information that I researched about the school. And, uh, you know, I was lucky to at least be on a better team that went to those tournaments. So, you know, some coaches did come, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's really about just putting a little work and a little research to, you know, make, you don't want to spam every, every university and say, Hey, um, you know, my name's Sean, I'm going to be at this tournament at these times. And then yeah. CC and every single coach that's going to be there, like, you know, obviously that's zero effort, you know, make, yeah. make things a little more personal, you know, you gotta, you're, you're gonna be a salesman for yourself, you know? Absolutely. Um, st- thank you for sharing that. Um, so now I want to talk about, you know, rejection, you know, um, cause as a coach, I- I've seen it myself and, um, you know, you mentioned you went to Slovakia, Finland, and, you know, on, on, on trials and stuff like that, you know, play against uh, good teams and it did not work out your way. And, you know, some players, they take it very personally. It feels like from there on, you know, they, they just shot down and they don't want to pursue on, you know, on keep getting rejected. What advice can we give them from what you kind of took from your perspective? Uh, you know, it's tough. Cause it's like, you know, there's rejection. Isn't just, you know, a team that could be in your, even in your own team. It's like, all right, you don't make the lineup this week. It's like, all right, that, that almost, that, that has a little feeling of rejection, you know? Absolutely. Um, and you have to realize that it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not no forever, you know, it's just, it's just not right now, you know, cause some things are out of your control as far as timing, you know, say a team doesn't want you, you know, maybe it's because they have, in my case, maybe they already have four center backs and it's like, well, you know, they're not going to, they don't want to, you know, have a fifth one because all of a sudden it's like, you know, where do you, where do you put them? You know, can you, can the team afford that? So you have to realize that some things are out of your control. Absolutely. And, uh, and then, you know, I realize that it doesn't, it's nothing, it doesn't define you as a player. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, it's, it's been a little tough for me at times in my career that it's like, you know, something happens and then you're like, Oh, this is me. You know, they're defining me as this and that's, that's all I am. And it's like, yeah. you know, as soon as you let people, as soon as you start thinking those definitions are legitimate, then they are. I agree. But if those, those limitations that they set on you, if you don't believe them, then they're, then they're not actually limitations, you know, that's just their opinion. But as soon as you start to believe it, then, then it actually is a limitation. I agree. Thank you for sharing a little bit about that, uh, Sean. So now I kind of want to jump in, you know, towards your trial, you know, with uh, Rochester Rhinos, you know, what advice can we give our players? You know, how did you prep going into that trial? What goals you had, what small goals you had, what vision you had, you know, in the long run as well, which, you know, came into reality. Um, what advice can we give our, our audience, you know, that are going to open tryouts, but at the end of the day, you know, 
they don't go in there with goals or small little goals and stuff like that. I mean, the one thing that that is probably, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it plenty um, and you, you've yeah. experienced it as well, is like, it's just fitness. It's like, that's something that it's like, all right, Absolutely. if if you want to be there, you know, but you if you're not up to their level of fitness, obviously it's tough if you're not like to get that full game fitness if you're not on a team. But like Correct. the amount of players that go into things that are unfit or like not at the standard of fitness, it's like, well, that's something that, takes zero skill fitness yeah. fitness is a zero skill as far as the game comes and it's like Absolutely. well if, if you're gonna if you're gonna discount yourself from the beginning with something that takes zero skill now all of a sudden like how do you expect to make it and that's something that you know you can tell pretty quickly as a as a coach and as a you know another player on the field yeah. you're like yo what is this bum doing here who can't even you know that my goalkeeper is you know cramping in in a tryout yeah. you know <laughs> I've seen that happen. yeah we i've seen that happen too and it's like well, That's well what, do you, what do you think was gonna happen we're gonna go and play soccer for a while you gotta you gotta yeah, be able absolutely. to last so i mean that's that's the first all right you know, take care of what you can I agree control. 100%. <laughs> 100% you can take control of your fitness. So take care of that. And then, you know, and then just taking any information that they, any coaching points they want, because, um, you know, those little, the little comments that coaches will make, you know, those are, that's what they want to see. They want to see a coach that, or a player that can be coached. Absolutely. Because um, even if you're skilled, it's like, you know, there's, and we've seen, you know, as, as players, like they have teammates who are skilled and they're like, they don't, they don't listen to anybody. And the coach is like, well, fuck this guy. You know, I don't want to deal with, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> want to deal with a player who can't be coached, you know, cause there's a wild card out Absolutely. there. We want coachable players. Yeah. Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing that Sean with our audience. And um, so now, you know, I want to talk, you know, going into your first year, what advice can you give, you know, our college players that just got drafted are the first year in the USL and how can they keep that consistency? What advice can you give them? You know, you're a three-time champ. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's everything comes down to what you do on a daily basis. You know, you're, it's yeah. your, it's the mindset routines and habits that you set on a daily basis. All right. This is not, it's not, you know, everyone wants to have these like lofty goals, but it's really, you want to be a, you want to be a champion every single day. You know, you want to out, Correct. you want to outwork the other people every single day. It's I'm earning, I'm earning my spot every single day. It's not, it's not, you know, or I can show up on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and play Saturday. No, if, if, if we're yeah. training Monday, I don't care if it's recovery. I don't care if it's, if it's a rondo or if we're juggling or if we're playing eight V eight or a scrimmage, like I'm going to try yeah. to be the, the best, the best player out there, you know? Absolutely. And it doesn't, you know, obviously being the best player out there doesn't mean I have to be a superhero every single time and try to make these hero plays, but I have to, I have to, you know, put in that work and, and show a consistent effort and skill and, and uh, you know, motivation every day because, you know, if if you're not gonna work for your job, someone else is gonna work to take your job from you in in this in, in this industry. It is, it is. It can change real quick in a heartbeat. So, um, thank you for sharing that, and let's hope it motivates you know current players that are experienced. And now I want to kind of jump like you know, three time champ. 
Um, now, if there's players that, you know, have goals, you know, trying to compete against, you know, other teams, like what advice can you kind of give them as well? Like, you know, um, they're, they're trying to make it into the Western Conference, you know, and, and trying to win the MLS, that USL Cup, you know, uh, which is always hard. It's always competition. And what advice can you give those players, you know, that that kind of works for you. But, hey, here's a little tip and that's it. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I, I'll, I'll welcome a challenge. You know, I, I got faith in, in myself and my team, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it really I mean, it's the same thing, you know, whether you're on the team or, you know, you're working for that contract. You know, it's the it's the daily the daily rituals, the daily, you know, what am I doing to, to be good today, to be great today? Because, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's where I, that's where I, I find the biggest value in, in my team. It's, you know, I'm playing against some of the best players in the league every single day, trying to defend them, trying to, trying to beat them. And, you know, if, if the guy going against me is not really trying, you know, that's not, that's not helping me all. It's actually, it's hurting me. You know, I'm, I'm, um, he's not challenging. Yeah, not him. he's not putting that effort to to uh, to make me better because uh, you know really I think it comes all down to like accountability. You know, I did you if you made the mistake, all right, put your hand up. You know, face face it. Like all right, yeah, absolutely. All right, I made the mistake. Mistake. I'm learning from. I'm moving on. Next play. And then, you know, correcting that, you know, because if you if you say, all right, I fucked up, I'm sorry. But then you make the same you keep making the same mistake. And it's like, well, you know, you never, yeah, learned. You never learned. Um, So it's really Absolutely. it's really trying to, you know, learn, learn from the mistakes, but also realize, all right, you know, when did I make a mistake and how do how do I improve from it? Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing, Sean. So now, what are your goals? You know, eventually, once this coronavirus goes away, what's your goal for uh, the twenty twenty season? Um, well, for me, uh, I will first. I hope that we have a you know play a full season with all this going on. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Um, but really, it's just uh, you know win another championship. That's that's what we expect as a team here, and that's what I expect is that yeah. you know we're competing for championships. Anything, anything less, Absolutely. you know, is is a, is is a failure. You know, like that's that's what we that's what we I set agree. our goals for. This is this is a standard that you set, and that high level standard is you know tough to deal with, and you have to make sacrifices for it. But you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what what I expect, and that's what the team expects. I agree. You know, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Is there anything else you want to add on or give our audience advice on? Or did we cover everything? Uh, I think we did a, did a pretty good job covering, covering it. All righty. Um, so now, Sean, um, I, I usually talk about mental health and, you know, um, I, I think it's a big factor that people should know, like, hey, it's okay to deal with anxiety and stress, you know. Uh, as a professional athlete, you know, you know, especially, you know, back to back and all that stuff, like I'm sure the stress levels and anxiety levels are hard. Um, so how do you deal with your mental health and how do you cope with it? Uh, well, I mean, I, the big thing is like, once again, it's like realizing that, that the things that you do on the field don't define you, you know, it, yeah. like you, you try to be a good person and, you know, 
if you make a mistake on the field, it doesn't make you a, a bad person, you know, it does, this thing doesn't define you. Yeah. And, you know, dwelling on these things don't make it, don't make it any better. You can control what you can control. And then once you've made a mistake, you, you acknowledge it and, you know, try to try to find a remedy because, you know, yeah, we've all been there where you, you make a mistake and you feel like, Oh wow, this is it's the end of the world. I'm done. I'm done as a player. I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, going to have to retire. I'm going to go find another team. You know, my teammates hate me. All these things that like can flood your mind that are just, you know, entirely negative. And I think what, absolutely, you know, two parts of that is like realizing that these things that are negative don't define you. And then also finding things to take your mind away from the game because we all love the game, but if, if it, it's all you yeah. have, then, then you're living this roller coaster ride of the highs and lows and it's like super high highs and low lows. And it's, you know, finding things to, to balance you in your life and to find, um, to find that are outside the game, you know, even if it's, you know, all right, it can be part of the game, but instead of my team or my playing, you know, maybe I'm coaching and, you know, finding something through there or, you know, for me, I'd try to, I, you know, like even just a little thing of taking my dog on walks and, Read, listen to the podcast or I, I enjoy going out and golfing with teammates or, or reading right. articles on whatever, but like getting your mind away from soccer and away from the game is it's huge because if you live in this, this world that it's like, this is it, this is everything, then, you know, there's no escape from it. And then you're, you know, when things do, do go bad, they just, everything kind of piles on. So I really, I really encourage Correct. players to find things outside the game that that interest them and explore those things because, you know, we're more than just soccer players. We're we're, we're humans. We're people. We ha- we have interests. Our mind goes all over the place, and you know, as long as those things are constructive and not you know destructive to our our career, then you know, there's no reason not to pursue some some things and um, activities outside of the game. I agree with you 100%. You know, thank you for sharing with us the way, you know, you cope with it and giving our audience advice on ways they can manage to, you know, get their heads out of the game as well. Um, But thank you. Um, So now, Sean, we're going into world news or issues. You know, you want to talk to our audience about, you know, is there anything you've been keeping up today uh, other than coronavirus? (laughs) Uh, Well, for me, I actually started... uh... And like one of the things that I'm doing to kind of, you know, get my mind that I've oh, away from the game is I uh, try to do some research on, uh, on cryptocurrencies. So I'm one of my interests yeah. is, is like digital currencies and, you know, how they work and, um, you know, applications for them and trading them and uh, future use uses for yeah. them. So, I mean, that's something that interests me and, uh, you know, I can see, uh, see where uh financial industry is going especially with it struggling here and you know people more and more looking for like contactless ways to pay and having less trust in in uh centralized governments and um you know cryptocurrencies is uh you know kind of kind of fits all of those things and uh you know i'm taking some classes about it and uh you know, just reading some articles and that's something I have some teammates that we speak about it regularly. And, uh, you know, it's something that interests me and, you know, one of those things that, uh, 
you know, outside of the game is, uh, yeah. you know, kind of, is kind of up and coming and, uh, you know, I could really see it uh, taking over in the future. No, absolutely. And um, don't worry. I'm also doing my research on uh, cryptocurrency as well. So um, we'll have to chat a little bit more yeah. after <laughs> and uh, you can educate me a little bit more. But guys, uh, you guys heard it, you know, cryptocurrency, keep up to date. And what advice can you give them about it, you know, that you kind of managed to learn? Uh, well, I mean, basically, it's just, uh, I mean, you have you have Bitcoin, which is kind of a, a store of value, which, uh, you know, can't be can't yeah. be replicated. And, uh, it's, uh, it's only going to grow in value. Obviously, you know, anything is going to, you know, fluctuate, but as it's, uh, as it grows and as it, as the demand for these things grow in the future, you know, it's definitely something to, you know, and one thing that we think about as a player and, you know, even as a, as a, as just being a person is, you know, investing in our future and having money, having money in the future, Absolutely. you know, cause can't just spend money on Xbox games and cleats, you know, which everyone wants to, you know, you got to put some money aside and uh, uh, I definitely, and one of the best ways to do it is to, you know, have different, different avenues and diversify the way you, you know, way you save your money and the way you spend it. And uh, you know, it's definitely a, a, a future technology or it's a, you know, it's a current technology that's, you know, almost feels like it's a bit ahead of our time. And uh I definitely would uh, encourage anyone to to look more into it and to, you know, invest a little bit and put a little money aside in it because, you know, long term, it's that's going to grow in value. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. So you guys heard it from Sean first about uh, cryptocurrency, start saving, get that piggy bank ready. And um, thank you, Sean. So now... We're jumping into conspiracy theories, the unknown, paranormal, and yeah. Is there anything you believe in uh, or anything that you're like, oh, man, like I follow this conspiracy? Uh, I mean, I'm not too big. in the. I have, you know, I'm very skeptical of things. Like anytime I'm watching a movie, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, that's that's bull. Like that, that those things don't add up. Like why would yeah. they be doing that? Um, but I mean, Correct. Well, you know, one of the biggest things is like, with the technology that I had at the time, I don't really, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the fact that they landed on the moon. Um, with the, yeah. uh, with the technology that they had at the time, you know, that's basically equivalent to, you know, less than what, you know, the iPhones that, um, that I'm using right now, like, <laughs> I, I don't Absolutely. necessarily believe that in, in 1969 that they were, capable of landing on the moon but it's yeah, very questionable so that one for me is you know probably the the biggest one that i'm you know suspect of <laughs> i agree with you 100 percent. you know and uh i'm also you know if you're religious uh, is there ways god has made impact in your life because i do believe he's part of the conspiracy and he does work uh, i'm not necessarily uh, a religious person you know my my uh, faith yeah. has always been in in my family and in the values that we've you know Absolutely. instilled on each other and grew grew up with. Um, yeah. So really, you know, that's that's where you know my faith lies is you know in in my family Absolutely. and those closest to me. Um, it, 
and it's you know that's not amazing. necessarily your traditional um you know faith in the sense that you speak of it um but yeah uh at the same time you know that's that's where you know my core beliefs lie is in in what my family instilled in me and the values that they that that we have as a family absolutely and i agree 100 percent with on what you said as well you know family is uh it's it's meaningful and you know just by seeing their face as well that that's that's great um thank you for sharing sean so now we're going in uh to karaoke um i know you sent me the song guys at home uh the rules are 45 seconds to one minute and whoever sings it consistent and whoever you guys think is the champ feel free to dm us and on the ig page of the death pdx podcast caster boats in and you guys are the judges all right sean the loser uh the way i work with, with, with pros is uh, i'm collecting jerseys so if you know end of the season a training okay. top or whatever if i win if if, if the, the boats i'm an honest person so if the boats cast towards uh me i'll, I'll receive that and if you win, let me know what you want me to send you from here. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be like, sounds nice good. Treat. Sounds good. So, alrighty, Sean. So hopefully you have your lyrics ready. And today's song is ain't no mountain higher by, uh, let's see. Yeah. Marvin, Marvin, uh, Gay. Marvin group. Right. There you go. All right, guys. Are you ready, Sean? Uh, yeah. All right. So are we singing at the same time here? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready? All right. Listen, baby. Listen, baby. Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no mountain low. Ain't no river wide. Ain't no river wide enough. If you need me gone, if you need me gone, no matter how far, no matter how just call my name. Just call my name. You don't have to worry. You don't need to worry. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river Ain't wide enough to keep enough. me from getting to you, babe. Remember the day I set you free. I told you you could always count on me. From that day on, I made a vow. I made a vow. You want me some way, somehow. Cause baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you, baby. Awesome, guys. That was the jam of the day. Sean, dude. Oh man. Yeah, it's hopefully, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully you got that auto tune on, like we talked about. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the exactly. On. I got exactly. you. <laughs> I got you. All right, Sean. So now we're jumping into the spot. You know, you're from you. You play at Louisville. Uh, what What's your favorite spot down there? That's local business wise, and why you recommend it, and what plates do you usually uh, get? Well, one spot that uh, is a favorite for a, a lot of the guys in the team um is uh con huevos yeah. so with eggs in spanish um, okay it's yeah. a local <laughs> local breakfast spot that's uh they do breakfast brunch uh mexican mexican style and uh oh man it's uh 
everything they have is amazing. Um, you know, they do the, the pancakes with the tres leches. They have a whole bunch of breakfast tortas yeah. and burritos and chilaquiles and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and uh, they actually have uh, me and a couple other players on the team on the wall. So if you're ever in there in Louisville, yeah, it uh, you won't you, you won't miss it. Uh, <laughs> seeing there's a giant mural with uh, a couple of us on the team on the wall, so they have amazing food and amazing decoration. <laughs> That's amazing. So you guys heard it. Con huevos is the spot of the day with Sean. Sean. So now we're going into the last topic, which is topic five, and this is where we, our audience kind of gets to know you. You know. From soccer, what hobbies are you into, and what sports teams do you follow? Uh, well, I mean, outside of soccer, I'm a I'm a pretty avid golfer. Uh, I have about a yeah about a twelve handicap in golf, which is pretty decent. Um, um, oh man! And uh, so that's what me and uh, me and one or two other guys in the team are out golfing pretty regularly. And actually, I have a golf lesson here a little bit later. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a way for me to get out and, uh, get outside and I like it because, you know, it's really, it's a mental game, you know, more than, more than anything. Um, but it also, there's a physical aspect where I feel like I have some good physical tools as a soccer player that help, you know, that help me. Um, but I'm not necessarily like killing myself. Like, it's not like I'm going and playing pickup basketball where you're exhausted and you potentially get hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have I have tweaked my wrist a couple times playing. And, uh, you know, yeah. I had to play play some, you know, training or some game or two with uh, some wrist tape on. But, you know, that's not that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's really a big hobby of mine. Um, you know, and then I... Uh, I uh, growing up in Chicago, Bulls fan, Blackhawks fan, Cubs fan. Um, so I follow them. Uh, not uh, yeah. not you know too big into following baseball seasons, um, but uh, you know I'll, I'll watch some Bulls games here and there, um, even though they've not been very good in recent history. And uh, yeah, and uh, and then I follow some. Uh, I'll, I'll watch some some esports occasionally, some uh, some video game competitions online. I like to follow those because, um, especially right now, those are the only things that are going on. You know, people aren't re- there's no there's no other sports Absolutely. going on. So, um, you know, and I actually competed in the USL had a EUSL where uh, and it's still going on. Yeah, where um, players in the league are playing against each other in. Uh, in rocket league and it's being streamed it's being streamed on espn oh, okay. uh and so i participated oh, i nice. was the, our rep, the representative from little city um but unfortunately i was eliminated during the group stages uh but oh, it was a really cool experience having you know me playing me playing a video game being streamed on espn's platform that's amazing wow that's dope yeah, that's all I've been seeing as well. You know, uh, uh, just yeah, video games that, and on then TV, I, so. you know, I'm, I uh, yeah. I like making TikTok videos with me and my girlfriend. So if you uh, you know are looking for some entertainment, yeah. you got to look up my uh, some of my uh, TikTok videos we've done together. They've uh, they're pretty funny. 
We'll have to check them out. Absolutely. We'll give you uh, the social media platforms right now when we move on forward. Um, so is there any Netflix uh, you've been watching or books you've been reading that you kind of recommend our audience, you know, especially? Uh, well, I, I crushed Tiger King. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Huh? <laughs> and uh, I, I actually have a couple pictures of myself and I made a music video as uh, Joe Exotic. Um, and I, it's pretty spot on. Yeah. If I do say so myself. Oh yeah, I I think you guys look similar yeah. with with the yeah. Well, from what I and, saw, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, that watched. Uh, what else we've we been watching? We watched. Uh, um, we we've binge watched Shameless. Uh, so we rewatched all of it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, and then we started started Ozark. Um, we had, we're, tr- we're trying to rewatch, um, rewatch uh, season two to catch up um, for things we forgot. Uh, but one thing that I would recommend is uh, is uh, Casa de Papel yeah. or Money Heist, which is on there. It's the Money Heist oh, okay. is the English dubbed version, but uh, Casa de Papel is a Spanish show where they they rob the the Spanish mint, and it's three or four seasons now. Uh, really, really good show. Yeah. Well, have, well, you guys heard it. Uh, recommendations by Sean. Go give it a try if you have not seen those. Sean, now we're coming to a closing here. And I want to say thank you for taking time of day and educating our audience, our players from all levels, and uh, sharing a little bit about you and giving them advice. And I had a blast recording with you today. Um, and is there any social media platforms you want our audience to kind of like follow you on and keep up to date? Uh, Anything that well, I actually don't have my own TikTok. I, I we post, we, me and my girlfriend post videos together on hers. Um, but you can basically find me yeah. on any, on any platform, uh, at, at Toph city, T O P H city. That's my, uh, that's my, uh, username. So, uh, Twitter, Instagram, it's both that. All righty. You guys heard it. You guys can keep up to date with uh, Sean. Sean, thank you for taking time. Uh, so now, guys, a little bit about the next guest. He played at FC Tulsa. He goes by the name of Anthony Legendry. He'll be our next guest in the podcast. And I just want to say a quick little shout out to the people that make this podcast happen. I would like to send a little shout-out message to the Pro PDX for being the best local auto body and paint business here in Portland. I'll tag their handle on the IG page, so make sure you check them out. Let, let them know I sent you, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. They work with lots of CEOs here and professional athletes from the NBA to the MLS team. And, guys, thank you so much. Sean, thank you.